Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and ClearVista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Welcome, everyone, to the Spend Life Well Show, where we apply biblical wisdom to your financial journey. I'm Certified Kingdom Advisor Mark Trice. I'm here in the studio with fellow financial professional Jesse Hamilton. Hello, listeners. How are you, Mark? Welcome, welcome. It's been a busy few weeks, lots of changes going on in the markets and things, but it's kind of that month. This is estate planning month, I think. Mm -hmm. I lose track of all the months and things like that. That's right. I'm only really concerned about Donut Month or Donut National (laughs) Donut Day or something like that. But hey, uh, today on the program, we're going to to be talking about six documents that you need to preserve your family legacy. We're talking about the the actual documents here. So we all know maybe some of these topics, and hopefully you have uh, an estate plan and a plan for your family, but these are what we actually think you should hold on to. Now, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives... And especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's pretty strong language. That's pretty harsh, but that's kind of what we're talking about here a little bit, Mm -hmm. preparing for the future. Now, no one likes to talk about dying, right? No, nobody wants to do this. And in fact, a lot of people put it off. And so, you, but you'd be surprised at some of the documents that we may recommend to protect our wealthy clients, but Mm -hmm. also are not so wealthy clients. They have so much to, more to do with um, life itself and so forth rather than money. Uh, that's right. And so that's really important to remember, and I think that it's important for us to talk about today. There really are a lot more things than just bank accounts and investment accounts, so yeah. we're going to cover that. You know, there's a quote from F. Scott, Scott Fitzgerald in 1926. He wrote that the rich are different from you and me, and Ernest Hemingway supposedly retorted, "Yes, they have more money," <laughs> and and you know that's a that's a, just a quote from a couple of uh, really famous authors and so forth. But the reality is is that having more money does make things different for you than when you don't have money. But there are additional things there as as we were called to be good stewards of the gifts that we've been given, whether that's a little or a lot. Mm-hmm. We have to plan for the future, and oftentimes the stakes are high if you have more wealth, but they're just as equally important regardless of the size of your portfolio. That's right. Even when the stakes are higher, the mistakes are higher too. So let's talk about some of the six documents that that all clients should have, perhaps have, in order to protect their wealth and, and more importantly, Jesse, harmony in the family. That's the important part here. So we number want... one, take it, take it, Jesse. What's the first one? So obviously the first here is to have an updated estate plan, have a copy of it ready. Now, the good news is, is that the state of Texas will provide a will for you, but I can almost guarantee you it's not what you want would have wanted, right? That's right. The so, government's going to tell you where your stuff goes. But it, equally disturbing, though, is, is that for those that have estate plans in place, uh, they didn't. They haven't updated it in 25, 30 years. That's right. And so this is real important if you want to make sure that your desires are ref- are are updated and reflecting in what you want to pass on or not pass on or give to those charities that you want to give to. 
Well, imagine how much can change in 20 to 30 years. Not alone, I mean, we're talking about taxes and legal things here, but also your personal choices and the size of your wealth can change dramatically. That's right. And a lot of people don't realize that they need to, to address that. So we, we actually, with our clients, like to conduct an estate plan review every year mm-hmm. for every client. And this is sometimes is as simple as like, hey, did you get that will done? Or, right. or hey, has anything changed with your family? I know we have clients all the time. It's like, I, I really don't want to leave any money to that person um, because they've really gone off the rails and sometimes wealth can, can harm them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's other changes like that that we have to do. So Don't we want to always check for big life events such as a birth, a death, marriage, divorce, those kind of things? That's right. And we've got lots of stories about how um, surviving spouses or, or perhaps um, a second marriage where the, the husband forgot to change the beneficiary to his new wife versus the ex-wife, yeah. you know, the person passes away and oops, uh, that was a big surprise for the new spouse. So we, we believe that the estate plan should be updated um, according to the, the state laws and changes in federal laws, but once every three years, you need to check with an attorney to make sure nothing's really changed mm-hmm. with the laws I- impacting your particular state. And of course, if you happen to move, you know, a lot of people retire and then they move to a different state for the retirement. Well, that needs to be updated because state laws are different from state to state. Very different, yes. So, and and to be clear here, a comprehensive estate plan. When we're talking about things, this is not a this is not a trust or anything like that necessarily. It could be, but they need to include at least at a minimum a will, a durable power of attorney, and a living will or healthcare power of attorney. That's the basics. And there's some other things there that we talk about with um, you know HIPAA releases and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, you don't necessarily want to, as you're going through this process, it's important to remember that you don't necessarily want to turn over control of that estate planning process to your estate planning attorney. What um, if you don't have one? Well, we can, we can help find you, depending on your, your locality. We have uh, folks that we work with in, in all of our major markets that we work in. Okay. And if we don't have one, we can certainly get a recommendation for that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, some of this, what the process that we try to walk through, because we're not attorneys, but we want to help guide the client working with the attorney so that they know that their their life, their financial position, their wishes are all conveyed uh, to the to the cl- uh, attorney. And sometimes we use that. We help the client kind of write a planning letter, which is really, Jesse, I, what would you say, like an executive summary yeah, of their situation. It makes the whole process a lot easier for somebody who just opens up these documents. Yeah. So so it helps helps with reviewing that estate planning process. Um, and then second, provide some type of memorialization mm-hmm. of the intent of our clients. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we do an estate plan, we go through, we work all the documents, things, maybe we do a will, we do a will and a trust, whatever it may be. Five years go by, and we can't remember why we did the things we did. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that we memorialize that in that process. So, Jesse, what's the second financial or estate planning document that some folks may need to consider? Our second document is a trust, uh, if you have one and where appropriate. So, you know, at times, estate planning attorneys will try to draft needless trusts, sometimes 
Um, they can be very important in this process, but we want to make sure that you have copies of them. Yeah, and this is particularly, um, trusts have really uh, come into play with the expiration of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, which is going to be sunsetting at the end of 2025. Yeah, big changes coming. So they may be coming back to in vogue a little bit. You know, we've seen clients that attended workshops, and guess what, you know, if I ha the only tool that the person has is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and they were recommending trust to folks that really, in my personal opinion, did not need that. And we, if, once we had them talk to some of our attorneys that we use in our network, they agreed as well. They didn't need a trust. Mm -hmm. But what, what, Jesse, let's talk about what is a trust because the way to think about this, and I always give this example of, let's suppose you're the CEO of a major corporation. And um, you, you, on the way home from work tonight, you're killed in a car wreck. Does that corporation, a public corporation, stop running because you are no longer here? No, it's a separate entity that operates on its own, that's even right. even without you. And that's the beauty of it. But trust can come in all different shapes and sizes and accomplish various goals, but they do have their limitations. Right. That's right. That's right. They do have their limitations and things. And so it's always important to make sure that you're engaging your accounting professionals, your your attorney, legal professionals, and your financial professionals, like a financial advisor, mm -hmm. to help you make sure that we're properly working through that process. And, and, a, and a good lawyer is going to try to take the time to understand the client situation. The, and the, there and, are some very unique types of trusts too, and they're going to apply to your exact situation. You, I mean, even down to details like if you might have a, a special needs family member or different things like that. That's right. Jesse, what's the third thing that we need to consider in our estate planning suite of documents? So here's the part where we're be, we move beyond money, the personal property memorandum. So this is uh, in most instance, instances, the um, it makes sense for you to have a draft of separate personal property. This could be jewelry, automotive, um, you know, cars and stuff, uh, collectibles. So our stuff. Yeah, our stuff. Stuff. So who gets great-grandma's china, mm -hmm. right? And if you haven't made that decision before the passing of the individual, then you need to have it written down. It's important to put that, I think, in a letter form, put it with your estate planning documents and things. That way, you know, it's it's not codified, but it's written down. Right. The the family knows what's what. I know I've seen and this is a funny story. I've seen uh clients that have passed away and uh the the decedent would put labels on the back of things That's to let funny. know who get it. But then the family members come through and they're like, Huh. Well, I I wanted this, so I'm gonna go remove a label from something I don't want and put it on on, you know, the grandma's china. And and so it's important to have that, you know, with your estate planning documents that your attorney has or a trusted financial professional have right. so they can help guide your family through that process. It's going to depend on your state, whether this is an official document or not. I'm not sure what the state of Texas recognizes, but each one's going to be different if you just write it down in a memorandum. But the intent is to convey your wishes to right. the surviving family members and stuff. So... What about the fourth one, the legacy letter? I like this. Right. So the legacy letter, um, we had a recent event where we discussed the benefits here, um, but that's not necessarily a legally binding document, but it does focus on more of the emotional aspects 
of the relationship outside of wills and trusts. So this, this is really special and important for families. Yeah, so and, and it's it's important because sometimes let's just take a parent. They have two children and they don't want to give equal share to their children, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um this legacy letter helps that child that didn't get as much you know, receive an explanation as to why. It kind of reminds me of the movies where, you know, uh, great-grandma passes away, and she's wealthy, and she recorded a video before she passed away, and she really sticks it to the people she didn't like. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, and, and little Johnny, you're not getting any money because you never called me or wrote me or whatever, <laughs> you know, and just it's just that type of thing. It doesn't have to be that uh, negative or spiteful. But it's trying to help, hey, here's my wishes. You may be receiving a, a sum of money, and you can do whatever you want with it, but I'd like you to consider these things. Right. And that just brings in a little bit of, of, of that person that's passed away into their wishes. And, it, and this legacy letter, I think, is so important. Yes, it is. It can be a video, too. Um, <laughs> but it, it can be really helpful, like I said, if there's an unequal distribution of assets. All right, at the parents' death, especially mm-hmm. now. So you know, you know when you're when you have life insurance or you have, uh, say, an IRA or a transfer on death type account, and you name the percentages to your beneficiaries, they won't know unless you know who got what unless they share. That's right. And and so your wishes should be your wishes, not trying to be equal or fair, because a lot of times we see in in many situations that inheriting wealth or a sum of money can actually be harmful to a child. Yeah, we've seen that before. Okay, let's talk about the the fifth one, which is the family governance plan, Jesse. Um, so yeah, the family governance plan should be in place before you need it, a lot like a, the things we've already talked about. But well, What is it really? It's kind, of, it's kind of like a conflict management yes. policy, it's a, right? It's a written conflict management policy where roles and responsibilities are outlined in the event of an emergency. It can help resolve conflicts with the family because they're very likely to arise. Yeah, because, you know, some undeserving, unwashed child thinks they should get more. This can help mitigate some of those things. But, you know, you'd be surprised. Um, You know, a lot of parents want to pass on and reinforce the family mission. Maybe that's that family has a, a mission of of uh, uh, sharing their wealth, uh, being good stewards of that wealth, and and using it to spread the gospel around the world. That's right. So and, that and that philanthropic you, effort, if you will. Exactly. And if you're close with this person who passed, you might know exactly what it is, but it's really nice to have it written out. That's right. And so it's important to have that family governance plan in place. What about, Jesse, this is the final point, what about the succession plan for the family business? Now, we've seen this a lot, uh, where um, a business owner passes away and there's no plan. That's right. This this is a crucial part if you do have that family business, and we hope that you already have the succession plan, but have that document printed and ready. Um, th- this often is handled informally. It has been for decades and can create so many misunderstandings for the adult children and losses for the business and all kinds of tax problems. That's right. And and you don't want to leave that type of problem for your child. Um, and so it's important that you have that succession plan in place, even if you don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's something that that we do in our business. We have a succession plan. If something were to happen to Jesse or to me, we know what what's going to happen, so our clients are taken care of. Same thing is true if you have a family business that you know you don't know exactly who wants to take over that business, if anybody, mm-hmm. and provides for a conduit to be able to con- continue to have that business operate and go right. forward. So, so when you think about it, you know, governing a family and and our wealth that we've been entrusted with requires a lot of forethought, right? Right, and a We're, lot of outside counsel. We want to be the the quarterback here. We've talked about this, but there's so many players. And the important part is that you have it written and printed out, ready to go. Yeah. And so don't delay. This is the time. It's it's uh, If it is estate planning month, which I think it is, I don't remember, <laughs> um, then you want to make sure that you're putting this on the front burner uh, and you start begin to address those things. If you have no will at all, please get that solved today because that is a big issue that people have trouble with. But hey, folks, Jesse uh, from Jesse and I, you've been listening to the Spend Life Well Show. Until next time, have a blessed week.